This is the I Don't Want to Fit In podcast. I'm Anung of Courageous Creativity, a place where I help fellow misfits and black sheep create freedom on their own terms. This podcast is all about other stories of not staying in the box, living lives that are out of the normal. Hey guys, I got another great guest here for us, and she is a fellow podcaster, but I mostly want her because she's also a dancer and choreographer. So thank you, Ruby, for coming in. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, I'm so excited because I, I, I love seeing people who are extremely creative because I feel like it's just kind of one of those things that people don't think you can make a living off of it. Right. Well, it is definitely inside of me. So <laughs> I am a creative through and through, and I don't know what else I'd be doing if I wasn't doing something creative. Yeah. So, okay. Can you just give us kind of a background of how you got into this and how you kind of got to where you are right now? Sure. So I started kind of making art since I was little. Both of my parents are artists. Uh, My mom is an illustrator and my dad's a musician. And so I think I just had art making in me from a really young age. And I always really liked movement. And from a really young age, I was kind of choreographing dances in my head. So I had that in mind as my career path. And luckily, having two artist parents, I actually had it in mind that I could be an artist as a career. Um, I think I was really lucky that way because not a lot of people have that support. Mm -mm. Um, But I think the the way that it really took a more out-of-the-box turn for me is I did study dance for two years in university. Um, I was going to be a dance major and kind of take that track of becoming, you know, having a bachelor's degree in dance and then maybe joining a company. And then I ended up leaving school after two years to go on a gap year trip uh, all by myself. I was backpacking around Europe and taking a lot of classes there. And I actually found the experience. I was learning so much more from it, from traveling and seeing all of these new places that I I was learning more than I had been in college on just on a personal level. Uh, So I actually decided to leave school and start uh, just continue traveling. And I somehow ended up in Morocco And I met another American woman here who used to dance and invited me to do a choreography project with her. I was was really interested in choreography as an aspect of dance. And kind of the rest just unfolded from there. I'm still in Morocco. It's been six years here. And it's really a very untraditional place to do contemporary dance specifically. So that's kind of the the long story short. I don't know if you want me to get into detail on anything else. Oh, man. I love the idea of that you took a year off of school because I, I know some people are kind of like, no, college is the thing to do. And it's still yeah. prevalent in American culture, like college, college, college. And I've been oh, telling people like, yes, I love college. I needed it for where I was going in life and what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And just because I'm not using it specifically, the major I have, I, whatever I got out of it, I been using in life but if it's it's not for everyone right exactly and you know like you said it can be so helpful for some people if you really have something specific in mind that you need that degree for but in something like dance where really experience is the main thing I found that you know in in one specific college I went to a liberal arts school so I was also studying other subjects at the same time but the style of dance that they had was really singular you know they didn't really have a lot of outside guest artists and you're kind of learning one style and actually by traveling I was learning so many different styles from so many different artists from around the world and I personally just found that so much more valuable Oh yeah, I I used to do dance I had I had to stop really? I, I had a knee okay. injury that I can't quite oh, no. do it anymore Yeah but I still do it like an, uh, as a hobby. I still do a lot of uh, salsa, ballroom, and 
Strange Very enough, cool. in college, I joined a hip hop group. <laughs> oh my God, that's amazing. <laughs> which is really awful because I was not the best at hip hop, but I was kind of like, okay, I've done enough gymnastics and other stuff like that, that I could do like half-ass break dancing. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. Who can't? <laughs> yeah. And so that, that, that is amazing. That was part of the thing with college. Like I didn't take a break because I studied abroad mm, for a, okay. a year. And that was kind of like, yeah. If, I tell everyone, like, if you can do anything in college, travel, whether it is study abroad, whether you take the summer, whether you do, like, Mm -hmm. something else. But, like, I always tell people that's kind of your time where you can explore. You have less debt, or at least at that point, you don't have your school debt already over you. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I've seen that so clearly because I actually had so many friends visiting me in my first couple years of living in Morocco. And now no one does because everyone's loaded down by debt. But, you know, in the beginning when they were still students, you're so much more free to travel. So you're, you're really right. I think that's the time to do it. And that's the time to learn from it. Yeah. Okay. So contemporary dance, let some people, I know mm-hmm. what it is, but let others know kind of exactly what contemporary dance is. Oh my gosh. I always get so stuck when people ask me to define it. <laughs> um, and I studied it. I mean, um, it's really a broad style. So it encompasses a lot of different techniques and it can be, honestly, it can be almost anything. I've seen contemporary dance pieces that are quite balletic. So it's really based in a, a technique of ballet. Um, and then just maybe a little bit more free or a little bit more, um, liberal in its movement, I suppose. Uh, But I've also seen pieces that are really incredibly modern, where it's maybe just someone running in a circle on stage. I've also seen contemporary dance that's more kind of hip-hop angled. So um, I think it's kind of just a free expression of movement, um, often based with a certain technique. So there's so many different techniques. I'm kind of a mixture of just a lot of things that I've learned and picked up over the years. And I'm finally now as a choreographer starting to develop my own style within that, I suppose. Yeah, so I, I definitely noticed that because there's, I don't, I don't personally like the modern style because I did mm-hmm. do, I did one semester of contemporary dance, and okay. so she made us go to different performances out there, and like I yeah. prefer kind of the ones that have a little structure to them, more yeah. like like someone like did ballet or did jazz or did anything else, and then they, like, as you said, it yeah. freed it up. There's no like constraints to it, but. Yeah. I saw the one and I I had to actually had to leave the performance because I was just so annoyed. Quick question. I, was yeah. it at the walker? Yes, it was. Oh my God, I knew it. <laughs> Maybe it was even the same piece that I always think of when I think of terrible postmodern performances. Was it a bunch of people jumping up and down in a line? Yeah, at one point they were. Okay, uh, we might have seen the same show. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it was it was years ago and I was like, okay, it was yeah. free, whatever. But like yeah. Literally, there was me and three other women nearby, and one of them got up because the guy looked like he was having a seizure. Oh, my God. But he wasn't. He, that's how he was dancing. He was just shaking, and then he got on the floor, and he shook again, and we're like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and see, look, I I have no problem with pieces being very emotional and like having that kind of intensity to them, but it has to have a base behind it. You have to be able to see the work that's gone on behind it, and often that has to do with technique as well. And if it doesn't have that base, then it's kind of just – there <laughs> there's not really a lot of substance to it that's my, my personal opinion anyway yes that's definitely it so okay mm-hmm. so you do choreography and dance so how do you make a living with that in morocco um well luckily in morocco the cost of living is so much less than it is in the states and that's actually 
a big part of what was attractive about it at first when I really started to think about living here because I came here just for a project. So I thought I would maybe only be here for four to six months. And then actually within those four months, I found a job at a local conservatory. So they teach uh, after school classes to kids of all ages. And I started teaching one contemporary dance class. No one here had actually even heard of contemporary dance that I knew of. Um, and so I was always having to explain what it is and what I do. And I think I had two students my first year or my first semester teaching there. Um, and the conservatory director just said, look, it's really, things are slow to grow here. You have to catch people's interest. It's all word of mouth. Uh, so just give it time. And he was really right because it's been six years and each year it steadily grew. And now I have four classes that are all full. I teach adults too, which is really fun. Um, so I'm teaching dance classes. I'm also a certified yoga teacher. So I teach yoga in a studio here. And actually, I'm just starting a new, um, hopefully, I'm going to be starting teaching a new dance class at a non-for-profit studio here as well. So it's mostly teaching that I make my living from. And then occasionally, I'll get grants for choreography projects. Um, another great thing in Morocco is there's a lot of organizations that are really looking for cultural projects to sponsor. And there's not actually, as opposed to in the States where they're, it's saturated with them, here there's not almost not enough. Um, so I've been really lucky to be able to work with like the American Language Center, the French Institute here and get actually money for them for choreography projects, which is rare when you're young. So I've been really lucky with that. Oh yeah. That sounds, the second you said grants, I'm like, oh, I wish. <laughs> I know. I know. It's such a hard process in the States and I know someday I'm going to, you know, be going through that too. And I think it's been good practice here to, you know, I still have to put together a whole grant and the whole application, but you know, I know the people personally who I'm applying to here because it's such a small kind of centralized city. I mean, it's a big city, but the center is quite small and the artistic center is even smaller. Um, so, you know, it's just kind of less pressure maybe, um, or, you know, you're just a bit of a bigger fish in a small pond. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind yeah. of a nice thing is that when it's still a city, so there's a lot of right. people, but right. there isn't competition, like not in the competition mm -hmm. of like, oh, we gotta get, I gotta get better than them. It's more like, there's more people trying to get the same things. Mm -hmm, exactly. Okay. So you said you did some traveling and you learned more dance. Did you actually go to different places and did like take other people's classes or meet up with other dancers and kind of just did stuff together? Yeah, that's been a really huge part. Um, mostly since I've been living in Morocco. I mean, while I was backpacking, I would kind of pop into classes here and there if I heard about something, but it was more about the traveling experience. Um, but now that I'm really based in Morocco, the thing is here, you know, because I'm one of the few contemporary dance teachers, I can't actually train with others. Um, so I end up having to travel, having to, I get to travel to Europe, um, probably at least three times a year if I can, maybe even oh, more. No. Yeah, I know. Gosh, such a, such a hard thing to have to do. No, <laughs> no, it's amazing. Um, and it's so close. I'm in Tangier, Morocco, which is like right in the North. So it's just an hour away from Spain by boat. Um, so yeah, I, I try to travel. I often go to Madrid to take workshops. I have a couple choreographer friends who teach there and then Amsterdam has a lot of amazing dance. London, I, you know, I, I try to just kind of find intensives and most of the savings that I have goes towards that, but you know, it's, it's really worth it for my personal training. Oh yeah, that's definitely, I, when I lived abroad, that was the nice thing is that everything was so close Everything yeah. was just so easy to get there. Like yeah. I always tell people, if you're traveling anywhere into Europe or anything else, find the cheapest flight to wherever and then go from there. 
Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah. And I find myself having to check myself too, because, you know, sometimes like, oh yeah, I'm going to Madrid again. You know, I've been there before. And then it's like, wait, but I'm going to Madrid. Like, can you imagine back when I was in Minneapolis, you know, just in high school, I could never have imagined that this would be my life. So yeah, I, I really have to kind of <laughs> step back sometimes and look at that. I know. Like I was living in, I lived in Ireland and I was like, oh, I have to go to oh, Dublin. Cool. I have to go to Dublin. And I was like, wait, I need to shut up because that was <laughs> I can go to Dublin. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh, Dublin's great too. <laughs> oh, I loved I loved living in there. Like I always tell people, like, if you get a time to travel, please do so. Don't stop doing it because that's how we get mm-hmm. that's how we learn. That's how we get a, across other cultures. That's honestly we're we're nicer people when we yeah. travel. And I think it's so great to travel also with a purpose, you know, whether you're there to study abroad or like me, take dance classes or any classes of any kind, because I feel like it really immerses you more, even if it's just for a week or two, it immerses you more in the local culture. So you're getting to know people probably that live there more or you're, you know, just kind of living the daily life of that city or place that you're in. And I think that's so valuable because it really gives you an inside, more empathetic look at the place. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So what advice could you give other people who want to I mean, move out, whether it's to move out of the U.S. or get into a living of dance? Mm, okay. I feel like those are kind of two separate things. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, <laughs> moving out of the U.S. So, I think definitely have savings first. Um, you know, at, at least a little bit of a base of savings. I mean, you know, money is something that people don't always like to talk about, but it's important because you you just need um, something to get started or either a job abroad or something. Um, but I don't know. I think you just kind of have to go for it and trust your gut with where you want to go. It helps to find somewhere that has a cheap living like Morocco. But if you really want to go to Paris, you know, you can find what you need to do in Paris. Um, I think there's so many resources online now, too. I think there's a lot of, I don't know, forums and guides and all of these things and probably ways to meet people, too. Like, for example, when I'm traveling to a city that I've never been to before, I'll often actually look on Instagram if I'm following any dancers already that I've connected with who live in that city and maybe reach out to them and try to meet them for a coffee. And just, you, you can't really be shy when you're moving to a new place. You have to just kind of try to make connections because your experience of living somewhere else is really going to be made by the people you meet there and the connections you make and how that enhances your whole life and work and everything. Oh, definitely. I, I definitely remember um, when I was abroad, it was kind of all those things, all the other Americans stuck together, but they didn't hope yeah. oh, that drives me much. crazy. <laughs> no, I was like, I lived with the Irish people and I had, I had three Irish flatmates Great. and a Chinese flatmate. And then I nice. hung out with all the people either who were also expats, but not American. I literally had like right. one American friend that I stuck right. with. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not really into those bubbles. I mean, sometimes it can help to get comfortable to reach out to, you know, other Americans living in a country, but I would definitely shy people away from making that your kind of like bubble within another city. Yeah, because um, you you yeah. you all stick to the same stuff. You kind of like, you get once you get comfortable, mm-hmm. you don't do anything. That's an, I feel like it's a very American thing that we just we get comfortable. <laughs> we stay there. I think honestly, it's I would. It's not just American. That's what I've learned living here. I used to think we were like the ugly American tourists, <laughs> but honestly, I see exactly the same bubble creation with the French that live here and with the Spanish that live here. I think honestly the French are the worst of them in Tangier. Um, you just see these kind of like insular groups of expats. So, so it's not just us. That is true. Okay. Yeah. So 
getting it to dance. Like if someone yes. loves it, they don't have to do the actual training. If they don't want to, they don't have to get a bachelor's no. degree. I, I really don't think it's necessary. I mean, I think it really depends on what your goals are. If you want to be a professor or if your goal is really to teach on a high level, then you probably do need a degree for that. Um, but if you want to be in, if you, I'd say if you want to be in a company, also a conservatory program can be very good for that because you're just making the connections and you're being trained in a very specific way to become a dancer performer. But for me, I knew I wanted to go more of the choreography route. and even though it's, it's really important to get a base of training, just a base of technique for that, you can get that from a lot of different ways. You can just take classes at a studio regularly. You can, like I do, go to workshops and training intensives during the summer or winter and then work on your own stuff uh, when you're back home. And I think it's more about having that base and then from that base starting to develop your own style. And that just takes a lot of discipline, which I'm always working on myself. It's a constant struggle. Um, just trying to get yourself to the studio or get yourself to that empty space in your house where you can dance and training yourself and finding what works for your body and what feels good to create and just constantly working on that, I think. Okay. Yeah. That's definitely like, I had one point in my life, I was like, maybe I want to be a dancer. And then Mm -hmm. sadly the knee injury kind of just took that away. But I was like, Oh yeah. I see, I still love it, but I don't think I have quite the passion for it anymore to mm-hmm. make a living off of it. Sure. Yeah. And the thing, like, it can always still be a hobby too. You know, you can find so many dance classes in so many big cities that it doesn't have to be a career to still be something that you love. Yeah. And that's kind of the thing too, is that people, you need to go for it to try it before you know whether or not it will work. Like, don't just assume yeah. that oh, that I can't do because there's always, or there's already a bunch of really good people that are younger than me or taller or skinnier yeah. or whatever. And it's kind of like, yeah, I worked in the hip hop group because I had the, I had, the, I guess, what you said, I was a little more fearless about doing some of these <laughs> like hip hop moves that looked really dangerous, but it was like, yeah, like not really. You just kind of, you need to know, like st- strange enough, me doing judo, like really helped. <laughs> yeah. Cross training. It's a real thing. Yeah. <laughs> you like, never know. It's going to enhance it. Yeah. And so like, definitely, I always believe if you want to try something that's not what everyone believes we all should normally be doing, like, just try it. Yeah. Try it for a little bit. They're not going to kill anybody. (laughs) Exactly. I completely agree. And I also think, you know, don't get let down if you're starting a little bit later than some people do. I've seen so many dancers get really successful when they start at like 25 and that's pretty late for a dancer. I mean, even older than that, you just... You never know where it's going to take you. And I don't think anyone should be discouraged if it's something they really love and are curious about. I think everyone has their own path to turning that into a life for themselves. All right. Thank you. Okay, that I, this was definitely very helpful for me. And it was nice to actually oh, good. Talk, to, talk to someone else about dance because I don't get enough dance people in my life because they're all yeah. either professionals or all kind of like, I like to just bump and grind. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> Which is valid too. Yes. Okay. Oh, you did say earlier that you have a yeah. podcast. What was the name of your podcast? I do. It's called Process Piece. Um, and it's actually, it's another way that I'm trying to reach out there into the world from my little place in Tangier. So I, I interview other artists um, about kind of just the in-depth of their creative process. And I'm really trying to interview artists from all over the world and from really different backgrounds and different mediums. And I just started last April and I'm, I'm really happy with how it's going so far. It's so much fun. I love this podcasting thing. Yeah, you, you get addicted to it, so. <laughs> it's, yeah, it seems like it. 
Yes. All right. So thank yeah. you for coming on. This was definitely very thank helpful. You. It was just eye-opening. Amazing. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure to talk. All right. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Check out CourageousCreativity.co to get all the info on our guests, download any freebies, or to check out my other podcast.